Holy moly, do I have a great guest for you today. Elaine Ambrose, 71 years old and started to learn ventriloquism at age 69 after suffering a major heart attack. So much so that she, I mean, the after effects of this heart attack have been pretty intense. She can't speak. She did great on the episode, but she can't speak for really more than 20 minutes. I was really worried taking her a little bit longer, uh, but she was so passionate. I think it kept her going, uh, but she learned this completely new thing that she didn't have any experience with. And she found it as something on YouTube as she was searching and healing from her heart attack. So this is for you. If you think you're too old to start anything new, if you think that there's nothing interesting and unusual to do in the world, because this is interesting and unusual, that she actually has these companions now. If you're lonely, this might be something you want to do. She has these companions that now speak for her. And what's interesting, and we talk about this in the episode, is the science behind how she can talk more than 20 minutes through her puppets, but she can't with her own voice. And that is pretty interesting. So with no further ado, I'm going to take you right into the episode because Elaine is a a breath of fresh air, so positive, given what she's gone through over the last couple of years. And uh, she and I really connected and she's a complete stranger I met on Instagram. So this is why I love what I do as a podcast host. I get to meet people like Elaine. So let me introduce you to her. Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Sparked Second Half. And OMG, I am so excited about my guest today, Elaine Ambrose. And what is special about Elaine is that she suffered a setback, a big setback, and what she did with that setback was do something brand new that I don't think you'd done before, Elaine. Had you done ventriloquism before? Never. Nope. I And I looked at your videos and you cannot tell, you know, there's some ventriloquists and you're like, they move their mouth. It's oh. like crazy. You can't even tell. And the interaction with puppets, I, I that's that's a an an acting thing. I I'd be like talking and not looking at my puppet and stuff. So 
first of all, I, I think you're fabulous what you've done and how you took something that most people couldn't recover from mentally and you made something amazing out of it. And so and then you have a huge backstory, like an author of a dozen books. And oh, my. I, so we have so much to talk about. I'm not sure we can get it all in this time, but we can always you can come back. And uh, yeah, you just have such just great aura and energy about you that I know my listeners are going to love. So can you start by just introducing a little bit about yourself and just sum up what you can and, and then we'll go from there and I'll ask questions. Thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity. And I'm one of those people who wake up every morning grateful to be alive. I'm 71 years old. I'm still here and I'm not done yet. Uh, there's so much to do. I was a writer and a public speaker. I did webinars when the COVID hit. I took classes on how to do webinars because I couldn't continue my public speaking and writing workshops. So I would give hour-long webinars. And then in the summer of 21, I was a speaker at a writing conference in Mexico. It was at a boutique resort without internet, without phone in my room. And I was in my room by myself. Well, after I did, did my presentation, I went to bed. And in the middle of the night, I woke up and thought I was dying. I thought someone was sitting on my chest. And you I, were literally dying, yeah, right? <laughs> you know, I couldn't breathe. I, there was no phone, no internet. So uh, remember that when you go to boutique places. <laughs> it sounds great to be off the grid, but uh, not when you're having a heart attack. Yeah. I, and timing wise, in, in respect to COVID, when was that it, during COVID? Yeah, well, I had to have a mask on and everything. And uh, I had to be tested. I was in Mexico. So, of course, you have to go through all the tests to get on the airlines. But in the middle of the night, I woke up, I couldn't breathe. I turned on the light. I thought somebody was in my room trying to smother me. Felt like there was a pillow on my head. Nobody was there. I didn't have the strength to crawl out of my room down the hall. So I sat up. I sat up the rest of the night. And then in the morning, I took my suitcase, emptied it on the bed because I couldn't carry it. And I took my passport and everything downstairs where there was a phone. I got to my airline and ordered a wheelchair. And uh, I knew I'd had a heart attack, but I did not want to be in a Mexico hospital. Oh, golly, <laughs> you're brave. <laughs> I wanted to get home to Idaho. And that was my driving force, get home. And so wheelchairs, I've found out, can be handy in airports right through customs, right through to the first of the line on the airplane. So if you got to go in a wheelchair, that's the way. And of course, had to land three times. And when I finally got back to Boise, Idaho, I, I just burst into tears, got to the hospital and they did tests and I had a heart attack. So we, they scheduled some surgeries. First, I had a stint put in and they went up through my leg and then that didn't work. So they put in a defibrillator and I have a little buddy implanted in my chest. I call him Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are pretty serious. I I had uh, my husband's nephew had one of those put in. He's now had it removed, but it's a it, when it kicks in, uh -huh. it's a jolt. Has it has it kicked in for you ever? Yes, and um, I changed my whole life because I'm used to speaking uh, for an hour, 
And uh, you can probably tell sometimes my voice catches. I can't speak longer than 15 minutes. And so I had to redo everything. I wasn't done. I wasn't going to sit in my recliner. I have a special recliner that elevates my knees over my heart. And it's very tempting to just to go sit in that and watch movies and eat chocolate. But <laughs> I can't do that. I have to do something. So I was fooling around on YouTube and I watched a Jeff Dunham YouTube video on how to be a ventriloquist. And I thought, I can do that. So I got me some dummies and I ordered them and I joined a ventriloquist group. That is and so amazing. And where did you do that online? Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. And where do you get puppets? Uh, well, uh, Jesse Joe from Idaho is over here and she's saying hi. I ordered her from uh, the, the dummy shop. And they dummy shop. Oh my gosh. That's so great. Love it. On this side, we have Lady Delilah. She's from England and she loves to tell you what to do. And so I have these puppets and I make YouTube videos now and I practice with Jeff Dunham's on how to, and it's, it's basically you use your tongue, you keep your, your teeth together and uh, just let them do the talking. And so it's so much easier when they talk and I don't. So they've got the stories and the jokes and the songs. And I performed at a summer festival last month in McCall, Idaho, which is gorgeous and I, I, they did jokes, they did stories, kids came up and wanted to hear more stories and they wanted to play with the puppets. And it's You're a, a great grandma, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a, a grandma and a grandpa puppet and they are very opinionated. Yeah, they, they That's don't. amazing. I love that. <laughs> I love it. And I do parties. You know, you can speak through your puppets, like what you really think. That, that is yeah. a safe way to like get your opinion out, right? Yes, it sure is. Now, 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 Miss Laurie, if you ever want to get advice, call Jesse Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and then so I had a, a grandparents show that I started and it's on one of my websites. And then I do advice from Lady Delilah and then an older woman I call Aunt Olga. It's just strong of the old country, y'all. How, now I can't do an accent moving my lips. How do you do accents not moving? Did you, could you do accents before? No, no. Oh. I watched Jeff Dunham videos. And you've been doing this how long now? Uh, since October. <laughs> hey, people, you <laughs> yeah. listening who think you can't learn anything new, who think that your life is over, like, listen to Elaine and what she's done. Find something on YouTube that you find fascinating. Now, what made you find that video? I'm just curious about your search. You were sitting around healing from your heart attack. And what well, what popped that up? There are so many right and wrong opinions about the internet and YouTube and social media. And I try to keep it all positive. I don't watch the crap. I don't watch the stupid stuff. I don't, I try not to get involved in political or religious discussions because nobody wins and nobody changes a mind. So exactly. I was looking at comedy 
And because I have my books, I have three humor books. I have a midlife Cabernet, midlife happy hour and menopause sucks. And so I was looking for something I could do with humor and Jeff Dunham came up and I thought I can do that. That is amazing. What were your speeches about? You said you did speaking gigs. What was the theme? Typically most popular speech was live happy or die crabby. And I, I totally agree with that. And the, the, the older we get, I've found the best medicine is laughter. And I think somebody said that somewhere. Uh, yes. <laughs> laughter is the best medicine. Yes, yes. And uh, my speeches, I also gave writing workshops. I was a speaker at the Irma Bombeck. Oh my gosh, remember Irma? So oh, many people Irma. don't know the, Irma. Google Irma if you don't know Irma Bombeck. She is yes. amazing. My yeah. mom had her columns taped to the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. So when I was a speaker at her conference, uh, it was it was a high for me. It was it was such a privilege. But I can't do that anymore. I uh, I can't speak an hour anymore. But my puppets they, they do just fine. So I let yeah. Them- I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But I, I that's was intriguing to me that you you can't speak with your regular voice because <laughs> that deplete your energy but yet your puppets speaking through your puppets doesn't deplete your energy what is that physiological going on well i looked that up myself and pablo casals remember the great cellist he had arthritis in his fingers and i have some arthritis but when he played his cello his fingers were okay and i've had surgery on my fingers for arthritis but when I play my piano, they work. It's it's a mind game that I'm not smart enough to figure out, but I'll take it and run with it. Yeah, it's like stutterers yes. who can sing. Mel Mel Tillis, is that, remember him? He, he yes. Had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and that's such a good story. After I had my defibrillator, I'm, a, I'm also a singer. I love to sing and I couldn't sing. And I was driving one day and all of a sudden, um, bring him home from the musical Les Mis came on the radio and I started to sing along and I get goosebumps now thinking about that. I hadn't been able to sing for two years and I was singing out loud in my car and it was a miracle right there on Linder Road. And uh, I'll always remember that. I still, now I can sing again. And uh, those of you who've had heart attacks or have serious health issues, look for ways to channel your energy so you don't become a victim and sit in your recliner and watch movies and eat chocolate, which I like to do sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's an interesting science about how our conscious mind, listening to an audible book right now. Uh, that is says, um, oh gosh, it's it's basically breaking the habit of being myself, breaking the habit of being myself. And what it means is that it's not your it's not your source. It's not who you truly are. It's like this mask we wear that we've been conditioned to be that we're not being who we really are. And we're and we're subconsciously on this automation Uh and and I know this stuff because I teach it and I help people with it, but it was such an interesting concept about how it affects your health that, that like you are genetically predisposed 
this, it's called epigenetics. And I'm going to like add this to my class because it's so fascinating. But when you are uh, genetically predisposed, for instance, to get a disease, that if you change how you think and you come from this, like, I'm not going to be sick and you, right. you like truly embrace the believability in that, it's like, I, I'm not going to be sick. And so I, I think that it's not something to do with what's happening with you that you talked about is you have this, it, your, your source knows how to sing, but this experience that is you, this trauma that you've had has, you have these subconscious blocks that you can't do these things. That's right. And you and release and just like, let yourself go in the car in the moment. And it's like, Oh, I started to cry. Yeah. So I'm singing, driving and crying, you know, this and is it's not all good. you needed was just that one time. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, I, I've started over so many times. I, I started working full time in the eighties. I had two small children, age two and five. I was married and I look back on that time and I said, why did I do that? I was working full time for a corporation in downtown Boise. Uh, something had to give. You can't do the career, small children and a marriage. And then I lost my job and I lost my marriage. So basically had to start over and with started to write books. And I wouldn't have done that if I'd still been employed at the corporation. And uh, so there was a lot of adaption to do with my talents. I love to write. And now my children are grown and they have kids of their own. So I have plenty of time. I've remarried and uh, looking forward to every day. And I got jewelry, new jewelry. See, I wear uh, a medical bracelet. So see, there are many benefits to being sick. (laughs) (laughs) A new jewelry. (laughs) Yeah. You can have the the necklace with the fall and I can't get up. Yeah, that's I know. Yeah. 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 They need to make those a little more, you know, glittery or something. I know. Well, and those of us who've taken care of elderly parents know what we want and don't want. My sweet, dear mother had dementia and she was in a wheelchair at the end. And uh, bless her heart. She struggled so hard. And I, I don't want that. I mean, she was the most wonderful person until the end. And that's what my children remember of her. I know. So that's I'm trying tough. my best to stay vibrant. And yes, alive. I don't want to be remembered like that. My husband has said he wants me to make a promise that I'll put a pillow over his head. And I'm like, don't ask me to do <laughs> yeah. that. Ask your best friend to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I get it. Yeah. So we're given this life and we're given to each one has a story. And I also used to give workshops on writing a memoir. I wrote my memoir. It's called Frozen Dinners. And uh, everyone has a story. And if you just think back and meditate and keep a journal and look back on your life, wow, there's a story there or probably a hundred stories. And so I encourage your followers to start writing if they haven't mm-hmm. and think of all those times of childhood and junior high and high school and all the different parts that make us who we are now. And uh, yes, we do have some hereditary issues. My father was a heavy smoker and so he had heart attacks. I have never smoked, but I had a heart attack. And so and you probably got secondhand for- smoke too from that. Right, right. So um it, I, this wasn't expected. I, that's the last thing I thought I was going to have a heart attack. It never been uh, evaluated for my doctors and physical checkups. So any, yeah, that was one of the questions that 
you know, it was what what are the signs? I mean, you said you said you had a heavy chest. Were there any was there anything else leading up to that that you can think back to? Nothing. And that it just felt like someone was sitting on me and putting a pillow over my face. I thought someone was, had broken in my room and was trying to kill me. And what did they find out? Were you blockages? Yeah, I have a, a left bundle <laughs> blockage and cardiomyopathy. And uh, my at first, my ejection fraction, which is how fast the blood pumps, was 30%. I was half dead uh, because you're supposed to be over 60 well, that was a year ago. And I started focusing on these puppets and doing something with my brain. I just had an EKG last, no, echocardiogram last week. The ejection fraction is up to 43%. And it's my doctor was, my cardiologist was amazed. He, he said, how'd you do that? I said, my puppets. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's the positive attitude of, you know, continuing to be a force that wants to, you know, a comic, you know, being funny. In this book, it also said that they did a test and, you know, some study and they had people watching the news versus a group of people watching comedy. Mm -hmm. And then they measured their happiness level or whatever, however they do that in the clinic. But just the watching of that and this let this if you're listening and you watch a lot of news, stop watching the news and put it on the comedy channel or put it on something funny, a, a, a movie. You're watch right. Elaine, because having positivity, humor in your life. It creates good health. It's that unknown element that we can't see. Mm-hmm. It, it just is very, very mental uh, game. Uh, yeah. So that's awesome. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, I agree with you on the news. Uh, when I do watch the news, I'm a journalism major, so I I was hooked on watching the news all the time and it, it wears you down because we can't do anything about it. We, Mm -hmm. I can't save the world, but I can save my community. I can work with my family, uh, keep it local and I agree with you that the news, what what's positive about all this crap that's in the news that we can't do a thing about? Yeah. So uh, find those comedy channels and the comedy books and YouTube videos. They're there. The old yeah. time movies. I love to watch those. And there's no drama, no stress. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually scientifically proven this epigenetics that you can mentally change your cells. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a great documentary uh, which is more more about disease, but heart disease is disease, right? So uh, you know, it's depression, you know, is is one, but um, but this is more about disease. But I think that you can tackle depression with this as well. And I think we're a highly medicated society right now. Not that some medicines don't help you and are needed, like mm-hmm. insulin and that sort of thing. But I just wish people instead of like just taking the doctor's recommendation that they do a little study or they do a little like research is what I mean. But uh, Heal is a documentary and it's a lot about how your brain affects your well-being. And I watched it based on this person that a friend of mine who got cancer, she started doing a lot of research and on how to heal. And this led her to this documentary and it was really fascinating how much it is about mindset. 
because, you know, you can imagine when you get sick with a disease that somebody tells you terminal, yeah. like you think, you know, okay, this is the end. And everything you do is about the end instead of it's like, oh, what, what if I live? <laughs> what if this is a positive thing and that I can help other people with it? And it's such an interesting, fascinating place for me because I'm so fascinated with the human mind and what makes somebody tick and how we're different and, and yeah. And how the behavior no, I totally associated. Agree. I totally yeah. agree. And, but with a caveat is that we can't cure cancer. No uh, cancer happens. Cancer kills people, but we can adapt an attitude, whether it's ourselves or someone else and try to help with a positive, a positive force, uh, go read them books, uh, play music for them. Uh, when my mother was lost in dementia, it broke my heart because she didn't remember me. Yeah. But take her favorite songs, Tennessee Ernie Ford, and I would play those for her and she would smile. So there was something still in there. And uh, always was till the end when I when I played Tennessee Ernie Ford and held her hand. Uh, there was some connection that they're not totally gone. That but- is a very good idea because my mom is in assisted living and I haven't thought about playing because they used to play these uh, Johnny Cash and Patsy Cline. And, you know, I, I remember them with the albums and some of the music that they listened to and that I've never thought about that to try that. Oh, please do. Uh, she would react to that. And um, I knew she was still in there till the end. And then she passed away. It was, it was so hard. And when, when we, I've lost both my parents and all my brothers. Uh, I'm the last one standing and I, I'm not going yet. <laughs> yeah, that, that that takes some like positive thinking, right? <laughs> yeah, when yeah. you're the last one. Yeah, that, there's no one with memories of my childhood because they're all dead. But... <laughs> So tell me about your puppets and do you sing with your puppets? Do you use your singing voice with your puppets? Oh, Jesse Joe, she sings from Idaho. Yes, I do. And it's not good, but uh, it gets a laugh. (laughs) That's so good. Tell me about your writing. I've always been a writer. I grew up on a potato farm. In Wendell, Idaho, population 1,000. And I had all brothers, no sisters. And uh, so what I would do after chores was write. I wrote short stories. And uh, all through school, I was in a small, little itty-bitty town, but I had great English teachers. And they encouraged me to write. Then I went to college, University of Idaho, majored in journalism. And I had a great writing career for corporations. And then that's not fun because I couldn't control it. So I started my own publishing company and started writing and publishing books. And I write in three genres, humor for middle-aged women, uh, memoir, and children's books. And uh, my children's books are all related to Idaho, like Gators and Taters and The Magic Potato. So uh, when you start writing, you can't stop. And... um, I have an old book by my bed because usually the great ideas come right as I'm falling to sleep and I don't remember them in the morning. So I have to write down and uh, I keep, uh, you know, your iPhones have a, a, a record uh, a feature. So if I'm thinking of something and I'm gone from home, I can record those ideas on my phone and uh, then I go write them and I yeah. blog. So, oh, I encourage your readers to start a blog. It's free. 
and uh, my blog, uh, elaineambrose.com, but got me to write every day. You know, a blog is only 500 words. A book is 60,000. So when you break it down to 500 words, it's much easier. And then one of my first books, Midlife Cabernet, is a collection of my blogs. Yeah, I love that. I love that, too. And you can actually, if you're really shy and you don't want to share it, you could. I know there's apps where you can just blog and and, and type. And there's also uh, and there's also a lot of sites where you can blog uh, if you want to do it publicly. But you can just record, like you said, on your phone. And so you can create like a notebook in the free app notes that comes with your and you can just have the date and have just your little video diary going on. And 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 then if something comes up that you think is a value, then share it. Right. Yeah. I know many families have a family blog. So oh, yeah. You can touch with family members who are all over the country or the world and they limit it to that and they can stay. It's like a, the Christmas letter, but it doesn't end. Yeah, I like that. Uh, we've done this, but we don't consistently do it. But my my two daughters, uh, when the grandkids come to visit, I create a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just like post pictures in there. So then we'll have memories when they come to nanny camp. Uh, we do that. But there's a, you, you can have a Facebook group that's completely private, so easy to set up. So you have all kinds of ideas. I love that. So it sounds like your career was also in writing, but yes. you were just kind of doing what the the corporate mission was, not what your own personal mission. Yeah. No, corporate communications can destroy your soul. Mm, Yes. (laughs) I had everything I wrote for the company had to be approved by the lawyers, by executive management. And by the time it came back, it was just a watered down average news release, if you will. Yeah, I I can imagine. And most of your writing is about middle age. So did you work in corporate for a long time before you finally decided? Was it a midlife thing where you're like, I don't want to keep doing this for the rest of my life? Well, the the corporation divorced me when I was in my 40s. (laughs) And it was the best thing to ever happen because it forced me to, okay, what are we going to do now? I want to do something. So I started the publishing company and writing books. And that's great. I, I, I hear that a lot from my guests who said, you know, it's the worst, but the best thing right. that ever happened to me. Yep. Yeah. Uh, when did you get divorced the first time? I was 40, 46. And okay. So you, it was like these both things happened in your forties. Oh, at the same time. And that at the same year that I got divorced, my firstborn, my daughter went off to college. And uh, so I was basically home alone with my son. And uh, that, that that's tough when you have to think, of all what could have been, what should have been, what I do wrong and um, it, with the career and the marriage. Um, but you still have to get up every day. I still had a son at home and he he was going through the teenage angst or what happened to my parents. And it, I don't recommend it, but uh, he's doing fine now. I'm very proud of him. He, he's a good guy. He's still in Boise. He's a police officer and has darling children. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Generation Idahoans. The divorce didn't taint him so much that he wasn't willing to take the plunge. No, no. He took his time, though. I I think he was wise to wait. So, yeah. And I I believe that I wanted to get married so early, got married when I was 22 and shouldn't have. But 
uh, my kids were like, we'll wait till 30. And I'm like, good. Yes, I I, I got married at 22 also. And there's no need. <laughs> I was fresh out of college. And uh, yeah. So when we look back, but then that shaped my life, it gave me my kids. And so whatever journey we're on, uh, we accept it and keep going. Yeah. And it's our wisdom now, right? Yes. You I'm use so it, I'm sure, with your puppets. <laughs> yes. So yeah. live happy instead of live crabby or yeah, live happy or die crabby or die crabby. Yep. Where does that come from? Did you know somebody who was crabby or did you feel oh, that you're crabby? all around us? Just look around, <laughs> go to the store. <laughs> I was in the grocery store and an older couple was sniffing at each other. You're like, you never let me buy what I want. And I don't like that stuff. And I thought, how do you stay together with somebody when you fight in the grocery store? And then you see older couples who are holding hands and smiling. <laughs> Maybe they just met. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that positive attitude that you have to have who wants to be crabby who wants to be around a crabby person so it's all attitude and uh we, we get up every day the sun's shining well it's been shining really hot in Boise lately but uh, I'm I'm happy it's good yeah and I would add to that because you want to be kind too so if you're thinking you're you're crabby with yourself try to project at least do it for other people's sake, because I I did this free training once and it's been a while. It's been a few years, but I remember one of the actions was to go when you're out and about smile, just smile at somebody, just make somebody's day, do it for somebody else. And I felt so bad because one of the women that was doing the training came back and said, I smiled. And the person that I smiled at said, oh my God, your teeth are terrible. <laughs> and I thought, you know, and it obviously hurt her feelings. And it's like, if somebody's trying to do something nice, right? don't put your crabbiness on them. That's right. Don't share it. Share joy, not crabbiness. It's fun. And when people do respond, I bet she had some who responded to the smiles back. And that's what you remember. You don't remember the, the crabby person who insulted your teeth. You remember those who smiled back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I would say respond, come up with a good response, right? If you think, right. you know, don't, don't let that stop smiling you, but next time say, yeah, they kind of suck, but I'm still happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still chewing with them. So. It's my mom's fault. <laughs> she didn't take me to the dentist. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you're a delight. I could talk to you forever, but I know we're nearing the limit and I don't want to exhaust you. Uh, what wise words do you have? I, you're living, I, I just love your whole attitude. You're sparked personified. I mean, I just love it. Uh, so what words of wisdom would you like to leave the listener with if just one Take thing? Take care of yourself. Take care mm. of your health. I did not anticipate a heart attack. But I've never smoked and I'm not too overweight. I go to the gym. Uh, our health is very important. I'm on several medications that I have to take for my heart. But I know that the best medication is laughter with a positive attitude. I love that. The best yeah. medicine is laughter. Mm -hmm. And I just have to give you tons of kudos 
for just doing something brand new and so different and so like not anything you ever did before. I mean, it's like nothing that like there was nothing that said you could do this. Right. And I don't know, that guy must have been really good at making people believe you could, you could do it because you, you'd signed up and you, you're doing it. So, uh, yeah, if anybody wants to be a ventriloquist, we'll, we'll make sure I'll find him and I'll put a little link to his YouTube videos. Do, do. Yeah. yeah. Have you met him? Oh, no. Uh-uh. He's, he's okay. big time. He travels all over the world. Oh, I mean, his, he would love your story, though. Yes, I think I should send it to him. You should write to him and let that be your action item. Because oh, okay. I'm gonna, he, I will do that. he has such a platform and people yeah. need to hear that story. Seven, well, 69 when you started. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I love it. So thanks so much, Elaine, for coming and talking to me. And let's keep in touch. Okay, let's do. Yes. All right. Thank and you. I'll see you on Instagram. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. She's on Instagram, by the way. Where are you? Are you mostly on YouTube? YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. <laughs> okay. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark Second Half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at notyouraveragegrandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.